Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Now, as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethage on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to two of them, go ahead and do this. I want you to go into that village over there, and as soon as you enter it, you're going to see a donkey, and he's going to be tied there, and there's going to be a colt beside it. Untie them, bring them to me, and if anyone asks, what are you doing, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that says this, Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So the two disciples did as Jesus commanded. Come on, somebody. That's a whole sermon right there. The two disciples did what Jesus said to do. They brought the donkeys and the colt to him, and they threw their garments over the colt, and he said, and he sat on it. Now, most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees, spread them on the road. Now Jesus was the center. He was the center of this procession, and the people all around him were shouting, and they were shouting these words, praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heavens. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, imagine with me for just a moment the life of this young donkey. He's there. He's hanging out. He's been tied up to this post for a long time. The scriptures tell us he's never been ridden. He's been sitting there day in, day out. I'm just wondering, what am I supposed to do? I feel like I have all of this purpose inside of me, but nobody wants to ride. I just stand here all day. And then, and then there's these other, uh, you can just imagine there's these other donkeys beside him. And, and they come back and they've got stories. And then there's like the special horses, right? There's stallions and war horses. Maybe they're hanging out with a donkey. And they come back and they tell all kinds of stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, I traveled to Africa today. I was over in France and Spain, and we've been all around the world, and we were in wars and all of this. And you could imagine the donkey conversation. All the time, you're just sitting there just waiting, and, and, and you're listening intently. Oh, man, man, I, I wish that was me, but nobody has ridden me yet. And so there's this feeling of just unfulfilled purpose of like maybe one day, but still day in and day out, nothing happens. And so you begin to tell yourself a story. You begin to tell yourself a story, and the story has just seven words in it. It's always going to be like this. It's always going to be like this. I'll come here, and and I'll listen to the stories of the other horses and the other donkeys, but that's not my story. I'll just live into this. 
And, and we come to church sometimes, right? And, and sometimes we tell ourselves that same story. We listen to the pastor's story. We listen to the missionaries that tell us these great things that are happening all over the world while all at the same time. That's great for them. That's great for the missionaries. That's great for the pastors. But I'll just stand right here. That's not my story. It's always going to be like this. I just sell real estate. I, I just fix cars. I just stock shelves. And here's the thing, maybe this story isn't too far from some of us. And the thing is, this story has been going on for thousands of years. And, and as much as it is right now in our culture, it was amplified even more 2,000 years ago. You see, if you weren't born into the right family and had all the right circumstances, certain things just were not available to you. And so, like, you could look at the priests, and you could look at those that were going in, and they were going past the outer courts and inner courts, and, and there was, man, some of them, the holy of holies. But listen, if you were not born into the tribe of Levi, you didn't have a chance. You didn't, you didn't have the right blood going through your veins, and so it wasn't even an option for you. And it's not even just the right tribe. If you had something wrong with you, so if you had some kind of skin disease or, or leprosy or, 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 or something was wrong with one of your body parts, oh, no, no, you don't even have a chance. You could sit by the gates. You could sit by the beautiful gates and you could listen in. You could hear the music from a distance, but this is your story and this is as far as you'll ever go. Have you ever told yourself a story like that? Have you ever sat at those gates, and you could hear the music, but you can't quite enter in? Have you ever come to church, and you heard the band playing, but you didn't really worship? You've heard the stories of the pastors, and of Jesus, and of the scriptures, but you go home, and you tell yourself another story, maybe the story that this donkey told itself. It's always going to be like this. And so our souls get crushed sometimes by the stories we tell ourselves. All we can do is hope for some scraps and listen to the stories of the stallions. One after another, year after year, and we convince ourselves that there's all of these crushing limitations. I'm not the right horse. I'm not smart enough, I'm not fast enough, I don't have the right family, I don't have the right background, I don't have the right education, I'm too young, I'm too old. And here we are, day after day, living into this donkey story. It's always gonna be like this. And I don't know about you, but I think just maybe it's time that we awaken to a new story. Because there's a few things that I wanna point out this morning that I think the donkey forgets. One is this, is that it has been set up long, long ago. The scripture says that Jesus does this to fulfill a prophecy. And the prophecy that he's talking about is from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9 and verse 9. And it says this, Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem, lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble, riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the fowl of a donkey. Why is this so important? This is written like 500 years before this moment takes place. Think about the implications of that. 
500 years before anything had happened, God had already set in place this donkey for this time. He had arranged transportation. He called Uber a long time ago. As a matter of fact, he called it from the foundations of the earth. Before he even spoke one thing into existence, the lamb that was slain before anything even got started. So all of this takes place. All of this was foretold. Why is this important? Because the donkey needs to remember this. Because if you remember this, you'll see that because God put this into place, that means your success or your failures don't change what God has called you to do. God put it in place long before you were born, long before you messed up, long before you did something stupid or before everyone was patting you on the back and told you how good you are. God put this into place. And so your success or your failure has nothing to do with what God has placed on your life. It was foretold long ago. And you want to know what your purpose is? You kind of just like discover your purpose. I'm going to tell you what your purpose is this morning. Your purpose is to let the king of kings ride you wherever he wants. The purpose is to stay in there and say, God, here I am. Wherever you want to go, let's go. I'm not leading this thing. Jump on. I'm here for you. This is our purpose. This is our calling. And all of the excuses that we tell ourselves of why we can't be obedient to what God is calling us to do, all those arguments are null. They make no difference to Jesus or the kingdom of God. I'm just a donkey. I'm not smart enough. I've messed up. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. It makes no difference at all. While we were yet sinners. Or all the accolades, all the awards, all the excess. You can't be smart enough. You can't have enough degrees on your wall. You can't be rich enough or famous enough because the donkey forgets something. The donkey forgets this important thing. It's not about you. It's not about you, donkey. It is not about you. Your purpose is simple, that the king of glory would come riding in on you, and this is the reason why you were created for his good pleasure. God, hop on, take me wherever you want to go. See, I think oftentimes we could read the scriptures, we could read passages like this, and we want to imagine ourselves, we imagine ourselves as the hero, right? You're not Jesus. You're the donkey, okay? I'm not Jesus, y'all. The parade is not for me. I'm the donkey. My entire job is to say, like, God, ride in wherever you want to do. This is an important lesson to learn. Because here's what happens when God is in control, and it's not about you. All of a sudden, that donkey starts doing things that he never thought he would do. He starts living into a story that's no longer his story, but Jesus's story. All of a sudden, he has a strength that he never thought he could have. All of a sudden, man, he could outrun any horse on that lineup. All of a sudden, he could jump any wall. All of a sudden, he's, his chest is a little bit bigger. He's proud. Man, there's a parade going on. People are lying in the streets. All of this is happening. And he says, oh, I am the head and not the tail. Come on, somebody. Here's the thing. Have you ever heard that growing up? You're the head and not the tail. You're only the head and not the tail when you realize who the head is. 
until you realize who the head is, you will always be the tail. And all of a sudden, this donkey, man, he's living into a new story. And you see this time and time again in the scriptures. I think probably one of the best illustrations of this is with Peter. Have you noticed that every time you, you see Peter in the scriptures, he's, he's an absolutely horrible fisherman, right? He's never catching any fish. Never. Like he's out there fishing. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, we're going to go fish. What'd y'all catch? Nothing. Another day, nothing, nothing. Until Jesus shows up. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and the boats are filled with fish. All of a sudden, we can't believe the nets didn't rip because there's so many fish. All of a sudden, Peter recognized, oh, that guy's Jesus. Why? Because we ain't this good. I don't know how to fish. I make my entire living off. I come up empty until Jesus gets on the boat. And once Jesus gets on the boat, all of a sudden, this donkey is a little bit, okay, we could do something. I'm made for this. I'm made. Now, I know I'm mixing metaphors, but y'all can get it, all right? <laughs> Two different things. Don't, don't, you know, anyway, you got it. We're here to showcase the king. See, it would be a huge mistake to think that the parade's for you. It would be a huge mistake to go through life and all of a sudden things start happening and think the parade's for you. Could you imagine the scene? Could you imagine the donkey? Man, look at everybody loves me. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Palm tree, branches, clothes, I'm the man. <laughs> no, it ain't for you, donkey. Y'all seen Shrek? Like, that's all I can picture in my mind. I know y'all are thinking it too. Yo, donkey, we don't even know his name. There's a reason, his name's donkey. We don't need to know his name. Donkey. Your name ain't Hosanna. You are not the savior of the world. Your job is, come on, Jesus, jump on wherever you want to go. The second thing I think that the donkey forgets is that the king chooses the donkey. The king chooses. Not only was this foretold long ago, but he chose this. Now, this is very, very interesting because kings don't ride donkeys. Kings ride the biggest, strongest most powerful horse that you could find because it's supposed to portray strength and power. And this is what people are looking for. They're looking for a savior that's just going to overtake Rome. And they're looking for a savior that's big and strong and powerful. They want a Saul that's head and shoulders above everybody else. And then this is what we're looking for. Kings don't ride donkeys. You know what I'm saying? Presidents, could you imagine you know, what does the president ride in? He's got, you know, seven or eight of those armor-plated cars, jet blacked out, you know, uh, just super nice. Could you imagine the headlines, oh, psh, president of the United States rolling into D.C. in his 1984 Ford Focus? <laughs> you know, Air Force One, yeah, we get it. No, the president riding in on Spirit Air section four with no leg room. Like, no, like this is not how kings enter. It's not how presidents ride. Like, you got to have the biggest horses. And he chooses this donkey. This is a picture of the kingdom of God. I know there's what you expect, but there's what you expect and there's what you need. And these are often two different things. The people wanted a king that would just restore Israel and overtake Rome. And God's like, I know that's what you want, but that's not what you need. See, because if I was to come in like that and I was to, to do everything you wanted me to do, it'd be only a matter of time before you become the oppressor. 
It'd be only a matter of time because all you know is this. See, I come not just to free you, Israel, but all of humanity. I'm going to show you how not just to, just, just to free your body, but to free your soul and your spirit. I'm going to show you what it is to live into this love. Otherwise, what is it if I liberate your body, but your mind is still in chains? Well, it's only a matter of time before you become the oppressor. And that's the same then as it is today. And we've seen it over and over again. As a matter of fact, some of us could even say we've even seen it in our own lives. As a matter of fact, it's the picture all throughout Israel. There's what we want and what we need. And what we want is Saul. We want, we want a king that's head and shoulders above. We want a king that rides in on the, the biggest, strongest horse. And God says, it's not what you're going to get. You're going to get a donkey. You're going to get David. You're going to get a young kid in a field that everyone's forgotten. And he just tends to the sheep. And this is the man that's after my own heart. And this donkey that everyone has overlooked, this is the one that I want to ride in on. What God gives us is not like what the world gives us. And I'm telling you, the thing that we should be looking for is we should be looking for the donkeys that carry the kings. We should be looking for the donkeys that carry the kings. See, we're attracted to the flashy. We're attracted to the, the, the influencers and the big stars, and everyone knows their name. And I think sometimes we miss Jesus. We miss Jesus that's hanging out in places that, oh, man, I, he's right there, but I missed him because he didn't come in the manner in which I thought he would come. Our influencers, they tell us that, just do this, be like this, be like me, then you'll be happy, right? Everything in our culture, just do it like money and power and fame and sex. Just do whatever you want, and when you have all of these things, then you'll be happy. The thing is, we've got those things, and we're still miserable, we're still miserable. Like, it's not working. And I think the king, like, it's a whole different story. Uh, just not too long ago, and I have lots of moments like this. We were, me and Pastor Jim were out there, and we were painting the building, and Pastor Jim's covered in paint, and I'm covered in paint. And we had this gentleman come up to him, and he's just like, man, I never thought I'd see my pastor all covered in paint. And I've had different moments throughout the years, you know, where we're cleaning toilets or scrubbing floors or whatever. I never thought I'd see. And I know what they mean by that. But the thing is, that's the problem. That's the problem. Is that you imagine it one way. We want heroes. We love heroes. But I'm telling you, the heroes are sweeping floors and stocking shelves and covered in paint and have disabilities, and they're sitting at the gates of beautiful, and they're just waiting for someone to say, no, 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 come on, my son, my daughter, rise up, enter in. See, we're attracted to the flashy. There's, there's not a kid in this place, there's not a person in this room that when you were growing up, you went into your room and, and you put a poster on the wall of like a, a pinto, you know? Uh, ooh, look at this. I, I'm, I'm going to drive this escape when I grow up. And I know there's some escapes out there in the parking lot. Ain't nothing wrong with the escape. But you ain't got a poster on your wall of it either, right? We love the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis. But Jesus chooses the donkeys. 
Jesus chooses the tax collectors and the sinners and the fishermen who can't fish. And I, let me teach you how to fish for men. Let me teach you a whole other way of living. Let me teach you how to live into, I know you think you just stock shelves. Now let me teach you how to stock the kingdom. Let me teach you how to live into a whole new story. Because I'm telling you, some of us, the stories we're telling ourselves, they're crushing your soul. They're crushing your soul, and it's not what Jesus has for you. And all the excuses and all the, limita- the limitations that we get. And this is, this is the problem. And it's not just now. It's, it's, it's for thousands of years. We love the shine. Even to the point where after the resurrection, Mary thinks Jesus is the gardener. Y'all, do you see the implications of that? This is the resurrected Christ. I don't know about you, but when I think about the resurrected Christ, Jesus is glowing neon white, and he's like three feet above the ground, and he's just like, and everyone gets saved. And Mary thinks he's the gardener. Think of the implications of that. As a matter of fact, after the resurrection, no one notices him. He looks like a normal guy. And I'm telling you, still today, he looks like a normal guy. At the gas stations and at Walmart. And we're missing him until we see the face of Jesus in our gardener. We'll miss him. Until we tell ourselves a new story. Because we're all donkeys. We're all donkeys saying, Jesus, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to go. And it says this, he put his clothes on, on, on the donkey's back. And it's just this way of just kind of identifying and saying, like, no, I'm about to ride this donkey. I want to read from you from the book of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, the, the prophet's talking about Jerusalem and, and uh, gives this picture. He says in, in chapter 16 and verse 10, it says this, I gave you expensive clothing, and fine linen and silk and beautiful embroidery and sandals made with the finest goatskin leather. I gave you lovely jewelry and bracelets and beautiful necklaces, a ring for your nose, earrings for your ears, and a lovely crown for your head. And so you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were made of fine linen and costly fabric, and they were beautifully embroidered. You ate at the finest food, the choice flowers and honeys and olive oils, and you became even more beautiful than ever. You looked like a queen, and so you were. Your fame soon spread throughout the entire world because of your beauty. Man, this is, a, this is, man, this is America. This is what God has done for us as a country. He's clothed us and the beauty of us and the world talks about us. Because of you, I dressed you in my splendor and, and perfected your beauty, says the, the sovereign Lord. But you thought your fame and your beauty were your own. You got it mixed up. You forgot you were the donkey and you began to believe you were the king. So you gave yourself as a prostitute to every man who came along. Your beauty was theirs for the asking. Come on, if that ain't where we're at right now. God's adorned us again. He put this this thing on the donkey. Could you just think about it for a minute? The fact that Jesus chooses to identify with us. To identify with us. Even some of the titles that he uses. Son of man. 
son, son, son of David, that the king of kings would come and take on flesh and be born in a manger and walk amongst us to be identified with us. Think about that. Let me put it another way. Have you ever talked to anybody and said, hey, where are you going on vacation? And they say, oh, man, we're going to the mountains. Uh, we're, going, we're going to... To Disney, we're going to the beach. Hey, we're going to Fiji. We're going to Mexico. No one ever says this. Hey, yeah, we're going to Jersey. No one in the history of all times have vacationed in Jersey. Right? But that's exactly what Jesus did. He's in heaven. I mean, this is heaven. This is beautiful. And I'm like, what are you going to do? I'm going to step out of heaven and into humanity. And then I'm going to let creation crucify me? Are you serious? Like, let creator, creation, and he's going to, I mean, the scriptures tell us that he could have called down 10,000 angels at any moment and just wiped us out. I'm telling you, I would have done it. I would have done it. The second I saw the nail, I would kill them all. Done. Nope, nope. Reset. Control, alt, delete. Let's go, you know. And yet this is our savior. This is how he chooses to ride in on a donkey, to be identified with us. This is that love that he has for us. And I'm telling you, just like this prophecy in Ezekiel, the worst thing we could do is get it mixed up. The worst thing we could do is think the parade is for us. The worst thing we could do is the reason why God's adorned us with these fine linens and fine clothes and fire is for your attention. No, it's not. It's that we would point attention to the king of kings, that God, you come in and you can do whatever you want. I like what Timothy Keller says. He says this, sin is servants putting themselves in place of the king. Salvation is the king putting himself in the place of the servant. Let me read that one more time, it's so good. Sin is servants putting themselves in place of the king. It's the donkey thinking the parade is for them. Salvation is the king putting himself in the place of the servant, stepping out of heaven into humanity. And while we were yet sinners, he chooses the donkey and he set it up long, long ago. See, when you put yourself in the place of the king, your life is full of war. It's full of worry. It's full of frustration. You know why? Because you have to control everything. You have to control the narrative. And you work hard day in and day out trying to control uh, all these things, trying to take the place of the king. But when you put yourselves in the place of serving the king, you become to this realization, I am the donkey. And God, whatever you want to do, all of a sudden I could run with the horses. All of a sudden I used not to be able to fish, but now I could fish. I could come into this parade and I could realize, man, this parade is awesome, but it ain't for me. See, this is an important thing to understand because if the parade isn't for me, neither are the insults because just a week later, they're going to be yelling, crucify him. The, the, the shift of following the crowd, all of this happens within a week. And so, and so like, you, you come to this realization real quick that, man, like, all of the success, it isn't for me and neither is all of the failures. Neither is all, everyone that tells me, man, you, you just really suck. Yep. Yep, it's okay. I'm just the donkey. I'm just the donkey. Christ reigns supreme in all things. 
The crowd went ahead and behind. Hosanna, please come save us. But then this question was asked, who is this? The crowd yelling out who it is. Hosanna in the highest. Come, come and save us. But still there's a good portion. Of, well, who is he? And then we get one of, I think is probably one of the most saddest verses in the scripture. When they answer back and say, it's the prophet. I'm here to tell you he is more than a prophet. He is the king of kings and Lord of lords. And if you came to church this morning and he's simply just a good guy, it's simply just someone to help you with your life, I tell you, you're gonna jump ship the second things get tough. If Jesus is just a good way of living and, and everything about your happiness, it's gonna be a miserable experience for you. If Jesus is just a cultural norm, you're gonna blow with the wind the second things change a week later. If Jesus is just one truth among many truths, you'll, you'll live into your own delusions. Let me say that one one more time. If Jesus is just one truth amongst many truths, you will live into your current delusions. And life will be miserable. And I believe, just like the, the scripture, the city is going to be shaken again. But it's going to be shaken by a king riding a donkey. Who is he? And I hope we can answer correctly. I hope we can answer correctly. He is supreme in all things, the alpha and the omega, the first and last. In him we live and breathe and move and have our very being. Romans chapter 11 and verse 36 says this, for by him and for him and through him and to him do all things consist. Every single thing. Colossians chapter 1 says this. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creations. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as the thrones and kingdoms and rules and authorities in this unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He exists before anything else, and he holds all of creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who are raised from the dead. So he is the first in everything, not the first in some things, the first in everything. For God, in all of his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And even though him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on this cross. And this includes you. This includes you who are once far from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and evil actions. Yet, now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Now as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and you are blameless. And as you stand before him without a single fault, donkey, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from this assurance that you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. And I, Lucas, have been appointed as a servant to proclaim it. And I, Matt, 
and I Morgan and I Jill, every single one of us in here have been appointed as servants to proclaim it, and we are all just donkeys carrying in the king. And he rules supreme, and he is more than just a prophet. In him we live and breathe and move and have our very being. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of telling Jesus that he could come on but telling him where he needs to go. No, 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 God. You tell me, where do you want to go? Let's all stand to our feet. If there's a parade, it's for you. I don't want to get it mixed up. Jesus, you paid the price that I could never pay. And even though there's times where we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are there with us. He makes tables in the very presence of our enemies. And I'm here to tell you today, church, he's shaking the city once again. He's, he's shaking it once again. You want revival? It starts right here. It starts right here. I'm saying, God, it's time that we live into a new story. I'm tired of telling myself the same story. It's always going to be like this. It's time, God, whatever you want to do. Let's pray. Lord, today as we gather and just celebrate, as we enter into this holy week, we're reminded that you are a different Savior. You're different than what everybody expects. Lord, even within our own minds and our own spirits, Lord, I, for some of us, we have these expectations of how you should look and how you should act and how you're moving in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Show us ways in which you're riding donkeys all over this town. if there's any in this room, Lord, that we thought the parade was for us, would we repent? You are Hosanna. You are the God who saves us. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. today and you don't know him may today be the day of your salvation may today be the day that you say God all that I have is yours wherever you want to go whatever you want to do if that's you and you're in the room I ask you just put your hand real high in the air I want to say a prayer with you a prayer of just inviting Jesus into your life into your heart is there anybody I don't want to miss just on the fence and you don't know, it's okay.
Lord, I just pray that you would continue to draw them close. Send people into their path this week. Reveal yourself. Church, let's take a few minutes. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.